Hi, and welcome to Bite Size, a cybersecurity Q&A presented to you by Kroll & Warren. Our goal is to take the complex world of government contract cybersecurity and break it down into bite-sized pieces. My name is Evan Wolf. And I'm Kate Grawley. Every other week, we'll take one question that we frequently hear from our clients and give you a short, simple answer and explain why it matters. And if you've been listening to our prior episodes, you'll already know what this week's question will be. So in the run-up to what we're hoping will be a soon-published final rule on all things CMMC, we're working through a three-part series on the underlying clauses that get us there. So last week, we discussed the DFAR safeguarding clause, that's at 252.204-7012. And this week, we're going to walk you through the high points of the newer 7019 and 7020 clauses. And then we'll wrap it up next time with CMMC and the 7021 clause. So of course, the interim rule introduced three new clauses, two of which are intimately related and that we're already seeing in contracts. So Evan, at a high level, what do these 7019 and 7020 clauses require of contractors? I'll start off with the 7019 one, which is very simple because it just provides notice and it's the notice of, of the requirements. And 7020 is really the substantive one. And, and it requires three things. It requires contractors to submit assessments into a system. Um, it requires a 14-day adjudication process for those requirements to be, for those assessments to be published. And then it requires flow down. So it really, in, in many ways, takes the requirements of the 7012 clause that we heard about last week, which is implementing NIST 800171, and requires those, those assessments to be submitted prior to award. So Evan, building on that, how does this tie back to the 7012 clause? Can you give us a little bit more detail there? Yeah, it's it's a it, it, it's a great question that we get a lot because really what the 7020 clause is doing is implementing the requirements that were laid out in NIST 871, which were the same requirements in the 7012 clause, and this creates the verification system. Really, what the what DoD is asking is is companies that were initially required to do this to take it more seriously, to implement it, and then to have a system to verify that's being implemented. So. If that's what the clause requires, how do contract, contractors perform these NIST assessments, Kate? So at a minimum, everyone is going to need to perform what is called a basic assessment. And uh, the good news is that it's pretty basic in its concept. You start with a perfect score of 110, uh, and then you deduct points for each POAM that you have. So that's for each NIST control that you haven't fully rolled out yet. The DOD has actually created a scoring rubric that assigns a certain number of points that should be deducted in each instance. And that will depend on what control you're talking about. So some controls are considered pretty foundational. And so those will merit higher deductions if you haven't already completed them. So once you've worked through the rubric and then calculated how many deductions to take, you then get your final score. And that's what you submit to this special DOD database where they track which contractors have met those assessment requirements. What makes that process basic is that it's, it's all a self-assessment. The DOD is taking your word as the contractor about what deductions are appropriate. 
if the DOD wants a higher degree of confidence, they'll do some of that work themselves. So under 7020, the DOD has the discretion to conduct what's called a medium assessment. And that would involve them reviewing your actual system security plan, your SSP, your POEMs, those are your gaps, and then figuring out themselves what they think your score should be. They're essentially double checking your work and then uploading your score for you. And then they could go one step further and conduct what they call a high assessment. And that's where they would do the SSP and the POAM review, but then also actually verify that what you've described in those documents is actually happening in practice. So either way, your assessment score is getting submitted to the DOD and that's what's going to satisfy your 7019 and 7020 requirements. Hey, and uh, while you were talking, Kate, my uh, acronym alert went off because you used the word POEM. Do you want to explain to everyone what that is? Yeah, so that's one of the ones that we talked about last time around. That's your plan of action and milestones. So where you have a gap, where you have a control that you have not yet fully implemented, you'll include that in your POEM that will accompany your SSP, and that will have your plan of action, and that's kind of what you're going to do to close the gap, and then your milestones, and that's your timeline. When are you going to have that gap closed? Thank you. And so what, what about the impact to subcontractors? Is there something we should be thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. So under these clauses, both primes and higher tier subs, they cannot award subcontracts that require the use of that DOD CUI, the controlled unclassified information that triggers 7012 and all of these NIST concerns. You can't award a contract that implicates that kind of information without first confirming that the sub has some kind of assessment score on file. Again, it could be the basic, the medium, or the high, but some way that box needs to be checked. So we're seeing a lot of supply chains starting to scramble to make sure that their key subcontracting partners have their assessment scores on file and they're ready to go to dive into that work. Thanks, Kate. And thank you for joining Bite Size Q&A. We'll be back in your feed in two weeks to discuss CMMC and the 7021 clause. In the meantime, you can find more information on our website or if you have any suggestions for a question that we should cover, please let us know. I can be reached at 202-624-2615, and Kate can be reached at 202-624-2698. Everyone stay well. This has been Bite Size Q&A, a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. You can find more information at kroll.com slash cyberpodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review.